Logitech launches camera for sharing non-digital content. Um, I feel like this is a new spin on something we are all very familiar with already. Like, yeah. do, does anybody want to tell them that it's a document camera? Right. Okay, people, you have to tell me these things, all right? I've been frozen for 30 years, okay? Throw me a freaking bone here. We discuss training, tech, and tools. All that and more on EdTech. EdTech episode 111, Old Tech, New Tricks. Hello, AV friends, and welcome to another episode of EdTech. As always, we have our panel of awesome higher ed AV professionals, Ernie Bailey. How you doing, Ernie? I'm doing great. Hello, everybody. And of course, Rob Raspberry. How are you, Rob? I'm doing great, Aaron. Always great to be here with everybody. And Scott Tyner. Hey, Aaron. Glad to be here again. And today we have a special guest joining us for this episode, Higher Ed AV Media's Live Events Professional of the Year winner and one of Commercial Integrator's 40 Under 40 for 2023 from Florida International University, Kamisha Jones. Welcome, Kamisha. Hello, hello. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what you do over there. Okay, yeah, so I am the AV project manager here at Florida International University. So I am responsible for anything a person sees or hears at events in our student center. Our student center is very is the home or the hub of a lot of events that happen here on campus. So yeah, I am that person. If something goes wrong in the AV aspect world, I am that girl to, to make sure everything runs smoothly and also to give the best experience possible in the AV industry. That's awesome. And I hear that you have a pretty cool side gig with a certain basketball team. Yes, yes. I'm also an audio engineer with the Miami Heat. So yes, I did work the 2000, 2023 NBA Finals. Yeah, that's super amazing. So in that case, you actually got to work with a really good basketball team. Yeah. And I don't mean the yeah. Miami Heat. Ooh. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, all right, then. We'll we'll just keep on moving. Keep on moving. <laughs> so let, let's jump into the articles that we read for this, uh, this episode. The first one comes to us from Higher Ed AV. Um, and um, this was a part of Britt Yenser, an episode uh, 109's guest. Um, her... Somehow I manage column out of your brain and onto the page, how to create documentation for your student employment program. Now, this is the fourth installment in that series about student employees. So if you supervise student employees, I highly recommend you check out that series. But uh, what do we all think about it? Uh, I guess I'll jump right in. So Drexel's one of Drexel's strong points is co-op. And so co-op and uh, even and especially our, our IT leadership are very high on student workers, student employees. They provide invaluable resources, especially with tier one support that allows other of our staff to, uh, to be more efficient and, and, you know, troubleshoot other issues or, or do other duties. So having um, a good system in place for internships, for part-timers, for full-time co-ops um, is very important because really, especially on the co-op, this is sort of their first foray into what could possibly be their career uh, starting. So it's important to sort of establish um, rules, protocol, what's expected, 
you know, during your co-op assignment or your employment, what your duties are going to be, you know, how you're evaluated. In fact, I'm coming up on the end of our summer co-op into our fall term. So I have to do student evaluations to sit down and talk with them and say, okay, this is what you did well. This is what you didn't do well. You know, just giving you some friendly, you know, advice, like in the future, when you're out there, this is maybe what you want to focus on, maybe what you want to improve on. So, you know, when they come in having a proper training protocol, you know, I have two groups, you know, classroom tech, they take them in, you know, do a checklist, run them through how to operate things in the classroom, sort of get them acclimated if it's on my video collaboration side, how to do some back end stuff on Zoom, video production, live streaming, all that stuff. So there is, you know, this article I found extremely interesting, and I'm going to check out the first three parts since this is the was the last one uh, to see what's going on. But definitely setting those expectations and getting them down on paper and documenting them and having that proper workflow. I mean, essentially, these are your employees. Uh, you, you have to sort of treat them that way. There is a little, you know, more length because they're sort of new and you're teaching them protocol and teaching them what to do. But, you know, you do have steps like you would a full time employee. You know, whether there's a review or discipline or, 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 or whatever's going on. So I found this article wonderful, actually, Aaron. And it was very, very uh, actually poignant. It was interesting when it came up and going, hey, do a lot of that. <laughs> so Yeah, definitely. Um, I, for me, I really like this article because um, I always think of it as if Beyonce calls me and she needs an audio engineer for her tour, then I'm going to be there. So it's like gives me the opportunity to say, you know, if I'm not here or no longer in this role, you do have a guideline. You do have that paperwork to say, you know, these are the fundamentals that were started. These are the these are the policies that are set in place and these are why the policies are set in place. So for me, it just gives us that reassurance to say, you know, make sure you get these jot everything down that that might be, you know, the nooks and crannies or something that, you know, you see that's something wrong in your policies or anything like that, and you can fix it and things. So I really find that article very helpful, especially how she breaks things down as far as like, okay, what is happening? Um, for an example, a standard, a standard that's not really common that people are used to, it's set in place because this is what's usually happened. Because everybody, student worker have, I'll say we're, we're kind of similar, they're students. You know, we're dealing with students who are, who are so um, entwined with the social media and things like that. So getting them to to be up to date as far as like what's the technology is happening. Hey, get off your phone a little bit. You know, this is what's the now. This is what's happening now. So I really love that. I really love the article and how it was set and how it was set and definitely how it was written and definitely very written and also very detailed. And, you know, we need something like that. Like I said, if we're here, we're not always going to be in our current positions and things like that. We might move on and things like that. But we do have that that rule break, that that foundation to make it better. So, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, some of these, uh, you know, young adults, this is one of their first like steps into actual employment. Um, so we have to try to, you know, set a good example and set them up for success because it's so easy to just be like, oh, they're just students and whatever. But, you know, eventually they're going to go on to full time jobs and they're going to, you know, they need to have, you know, some of these, um, you know, habits in place 
before they go out into the real world. And uh, it's easy to excuse some things because we're like, well, they're students, but you know, this is, it's a real job. They're making real money. So, you know, we have to, we have to make sure they're set up. Definitely. And I want to pick back off of that. Um, I, my student workers, I'm very a vessel for my students to make sure they they succeed. So I have a student who, who will be working with the Miami Heat this upcoming season. So a lot of things that I have instilled for him in this current role that he's in, it's helping him, you know, catapult to the next level in his career, such as he wants to be on, uh, you know, the video and things like that. So now he's be working with Heat TV. So a lot of things that I instilled in him now He's like, oh, I never knew any of this because he was a freshman and now he's a sophomore now. So he's getting that real world experience. Now it's just like, oh, wow. If I didn't know these things at my first job, I don't think I would be able to handle what's about to happen next. So I definitely agree. I don't have any student employees, but I do definitely see the benefit of this. And I do occasionally get an intern or two and um I will probably use this to help strengthen the documentation that I have for them. So, you know, like I said, our, all of our students are, are we're a strictly health science campus. So all of our students are expected to work. If they, if they're working, they should be working in some sort of healthcare or patient care area to, to learn what they're going to be doing is, is the thoughts of our deans. That makes sense. Well, okay. Uh, so the next article, comes from Rave Pubs by Scott Tyner, a cautionary tale about software. I really appreciated Scott's article and I've been going through this and uh, we did make a decision for some of the support software that we use. We uh, spent a good bit of time last summer, 2022, reviewing two different products that we use for managing our uh, computers and some of our classroom spaces and they have a lot of overlap, but they each have some very unique features that we like and that we were using. And we went to both of them and said, hey, can you take the other one's special features and incorporate them into yours? And one of them said, that's not the direction we're going. The other one said, uh, give us about two or three years. Uh, so we ended up buying both of them. We did you know, are renewing both of them. There was an increase. One of them, as Scott suggested, we took a three-year package instead of one-year package and got a good, got a discount back to about what we've been paying, uh, you know, on an annual basis for it. Uh, but over the last year, we have been reviewing and making sure we need both of these and really feel we're going to drop the more expensive one in two more years when their contract expires. We're kind of phasing out of it just to make sure that, you know, we can work without it, but it's, you know, you weigh the cost versus the cost of everything else and what's the most important thing you can have. And there, there's a limit to what we can spend on software, especially, you know, when we still have to have hardware in our classroom. Yeah, we, um, we actually had a, another conversation with the software vendor and the IT side just recently and they, they understandably tried to explain, well, you know, in, inflation since COVID is at 18%. And, and the answer was that's true. Uh, but I guarantee you, nobody hears tuition increased by 18% last year. And so it, it is 
the message we were trying to get across to them is it's irrelevant and it's not sustainable and we are cutting some stuff and you can choose whether you want to be competitive and stay stay up with us as a customer yeah. or you can increase your prices by 18 and 20% and we will not be a customer of yours anymore. It, it's not 10 years ago or it's like, all right, you convinced us. Well, we can do it. It's just our, our not, not just the, the budget, but the amount of software we have is, uh, is out of control. And I think on the AV side, it's, it's even more uh, important because I, I can see, for example, um, administration saying some, some of the software we use to, to design our projects or to do our digital signage that that's, that's just not important anymore. And, and let's cut that. Absolutely. I wonder if there is an, a way that, I mean, I'm sure that they've done, they've run the numbers and whatnot, but it seems like it would almost make sense for them to just continue to offer the same software at like a slightly marked up price. And then if you need or want the extra features, then you pay the premium. Um, but, and it's, it's kind of, it seems like it's becoming that way a lot of times with even AV equipment. You're like, I want this model, but I don't need all the bells and whistles. So why am I going to pay more for this, you know, for this unit when, you know, I only need <laughs> this tiny part of it. Um, and especially in higher ed, where we usually buy things in, you know, in mass amounts, because um, we have either a lot of classrooms or a lot of machines that are across the, the you know, across the campus or enterprise. Um, it seems like it would behoove them to move to that sort of model, but uh, I guess they just see the the bottom line. I mean, I, and I'd be curious to hear what others have to say here, so I'll be quiet after this, but my, my, my take on that is leading up to COVID to some degree, we, 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 we would have been, we were, oh, 5% increase, we need the product, whatever. And during COVID, it was a free for all. We, we did whatever we needed to do to get people to learn and to teach. And so we've kind of taught them that this behavior is okay and that we will pay whatever they ask us. And I think we need to reset that bar at this point and say that that's not okay anymore. Yeah, I mean, Scott, you're absolutely right. I mean, the thing is, you know, during the pandemic, we actually got funding and subsidiaries. So we could do pretty much what we needed to do to get the job done. And then I think there might be a perception from the vendors that, you know, higher ed, when they, you know, lock in on something, they stay locked. So we can have a little bit of sway where we can up this and say, oh, we're adding this or adding that and then up the price because they're loyal to us and they're going to do this without realizing that our industry is under a crunch and we are not the ones that are going to be putting up, you know, with these super high, you know, uh, rate hikes. And yeah, we will find another alternative. So it behooves you to sort of take a look and understand what we're doing and what we can afford and forecast what we can handle rather than doing what they're doing, which is, okay, this is our bottom line. This is my sales goal. This is what I have to make. And no matter what you guys do, I need to make this. So here's your 10%, here's your 15. And Scott, you're right. I'm getting a little afraid that on the AV equipment and device side, that could jump up. 
Now, the reverse of that is, is like on the AV side, the pandemic brought out more third party and more other options that we could choose because the big guns, you know, had the supply chain demand. So we found other options. And so it may be the case that, you know, say if there's, you know, some kind of editing software, there may be other options that we can go to. I mean, like people, you know, compare Adobe, uh, you know, Premiere and DaVinci, which are, you know, two same products, but they're on different price points and operate differently. One, you can get almost, you know, a lot of the features at no cost. And I don't know if people are, you know, sort of looking at that kind of thing to see where their savings could come in. But yeah, it's it's a problem. It's sales, it's greed, you know, it, it, and, and somebody's going to just have to smack it back in their face and say, hey, guys, okay, we can't handle this. We're going with someone else. Bye. I think for us, it's um, getting out of the tradition of what, what, what we're so used to. And it's like, hey, because right now we're, we're battling a, a streaming issue where we're, we're battling that. And it's, it's like, yeah, we want this stream, but the stream is not giving us the maximum of what we need now because we have clients that want the best hybrid experience and that particular software isn't cutting it for us. So having to constantly um, think outside the box and not necessarily like persuade the you know other folks, but it's just like we are in a type of demand where we want the best experience for our clients for them to come back so we need we need other alternatives and when we do you know also look for other alternatives it's not also too we have to get used to we we're we are set with okay this is uh the certain type of um software we've been having and it works for us and that's that and we always do these type of lines that like get like once again works for us so I just think us trying to convince or us trying to to say, hey, how can we uh, maximize or maximize this particular product because this isn't working for what's happening now? So I think that's really where our struggle has been. Like people are so stuck in their ways and it's just like, it's not like this anymore. Come on. <laughs> it's not like this anymore. Like we're trying, we're trying to get with the, you know, like I said, digital Digital things, you know, it, it's it's constant and it, we have to keep up. If we're not keeping up, then we are not making the money that we need to make. We're not bringing in that revenue we need to make because we don't have what's happening now. We're not keeping up. We have to keep up with the times and it's, diff it's difficult. And, yeah, and of course, uh, working for a lot of times universities make cuts to our departments because we're you know seen as the not as important yet then when thing when their event happens and their quality isn't quite up to their standard and then they're like but why and you're like well this was what we could afford to do yep pretty much hmm. well this last one comes from av magazine logitech launches camera for sharing non-digital content um, I feel like this is a new spin on something we are all very familiar with already. Like, yeah. Does anybody want to tell them that it's a document camera? I can sort of jump in on it. And you're absolutely right, Aaron. It, it's a document camera, but it's something that it seems like they're making, you know, masking it as something that's extremely accessible and you can 
move it and granted it is articulating and can move up and down and everything but then you know hey maybe we could come up with tripods ourselves that do the same thing and stick our own camera on it and do it ourselves but but that being the idea in and of itself and the way they're marketing it is sort of nice you know being able to move your camera down and get a different view on a 3d model or something like that but yes it's more like a little different spin on the document camera it's a nice idea, but we sort of already have it, but we'll see, you know, where it takes off because not everybody at their home office and can have their own document camera. So, you know, there, I think there is a niche there that they're trying to get to that they very, very well may grab onto. And I was watching like a couple of their videos to see what they were looking at. And I didn't see a whole lot of classroom stuff. It was more presentation and home office that kind of thing so i found that sort of curious does everybody's classrooms still have like a document camera in them as a standard or regularly use them still we put document cameras in but we're, we're generally putting in devices very similar to this uh you know just a usb device it's no longer a standalone device with its own button on the touch panel it's a extension off the uh pc uh one thing I have not looked at on this Logitech is the price. Uh, I didn't see that anywhere. And, you know, how is it going to compete uh, with the other ones that we're putting in there? That, I mean, that would be the big uh, selling point for me was if they, if it was a little bit more affordable than what we're seeing out there right now for standard document camera. Because even the USB ones are, I'm always surprised at how much I'm paying for them even when I buy them by the dozen. Yeah, we, we have document cameras as a standard show, but more more like what Ernie is saying there. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not the old ones with the flat bed that you can put the light on to behind, you know, under underneath in the light. Um, and we've actually, it is funny because we've had faculty for a long time um, turn the head of the document camera to show different things in the room and the light. I actually think it's kind of cool. And actually, I, I didn't go to the detail you did, Rob. Uh, but it is actually really interesting, I think, for a, a home office as well. Um, and does it become even a, a webcam for a home office that converts to do a bunch of other stuff? Um, but I guess that will come down to that price point that Ernie mentioned. I mean, we've used them as webcams in classrooms, especially at the beginning of COVID, where I had some of those sitting out. But I did not have a webcam, and I had webcams backordered. Uh, we, we would do exactly what you said. We would just turn them. Uh, some of them actually have microphones in them. Huh. So, uh, you know, not, I don't know about the Logitech. I would think it's very, it's probably just one of their standard cameras. I didn't dig into it real deep because like Aaron said, this is nothing new for us. This is what we do all the time. Uh, it does have a neat little look to it. It's a little bit different than the other ones, but it's, a standard technology for us. Like I said, if, if it's, you know, less expensive, you know, Logitech's known for quali decent quality at a low price and reliability. So I would definitely look at it. Um, for us, we do have um, dot cams and we have a lot of seasonal professors. So they prefer um, the dot cams a lot. Um, they are usable. We do have some um, some younger professors as well, but they don't use the dot cam. They just you know use everything from emails or something like something else. But um, if we try to give them something more advanced that Logitech is trying to you know trying to do, 
they will not get it. And we don't, what's the thing about us, we try not to stress our professors out with the, the new technology that's happening. So we, you, we keep it basic, you pull it up and it, everything's, it works how it's supposed to work. You, we don't try to make anything too complicated for them. And we have a lot of them around our camp, on both of our campuses. So we, we, we don't, like I said, we try not to make anything too complicated for our seasonal um, professors because they are the ones that have a lot of um, leeway when it comes to our higher ups, especially provosts and everything like that. So we make sure that it's basically simple for them. So That's an excellent point. Um, I feel like there's so many things like technology things that come out that are really cool and innovative and we're like, yeah, that has so many things that we could do in the classrooms. But when it when you, it boils down, you're like, are they actually going to be able to use it? Like, is is it like, does it have a real use case outside of those couple of like early adopter kind of faculty? Because most of them tend to be a little on the later end of the tech curve. Um so yeah, I um, it it is kind of one of those struggles that you'd have to see who who would kind of latch onto that and if it would be worth kind of making it a wider spread option. But I do like the potential for like uh, office use or if instructors are recording like flipped classroom type uh, videos and stuff like that could be a really good good use case for them. Thank you guys, as always, for the fantastic talk. And um, let's see, uh, Ernie, how can anybody reach you if uh, if they want to say hey? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. And Rob, how about yourself? You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my email is rer37 at drexel.edu if you need to shoot me an email. Awesome. And Scott, how about yourself? Find me on LinkedIn or on uh, Twitter. Excellent. And Kamisha, thank you so much for joining us today. And how can anybody reach you if they are, you know, want to? Yes, you can reach me on LinkedIn at Kamisha Jones, or you can reach me on Twitter at K1117. Awesome. And as for me, uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Smearin underscore off underscore ice or... Um, on LinkedIn, or you can find me on the Hetma community. And as always, thanks for joining us and see you next time. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.